Welcome back to My Coach Kate. I hope that if you are somewhere that is very cold and icy and snowy, that you are staying warm and dry and well-fed. It is really cold here this week. And so boots and mittens and a warm hat have been required. Warm soup has been the best thing this week. I wish for everyone else that they are lucky enough to be in an environment where they are able to thrive. And this is actually what we're going to talk about today. And I have a new analogy for you that I am excited about. We are going to talk about environments in which plants thrive. Now, stay with me if you are not a plant person, because we are going to talk about the greenhouse analogy, and then we're going to relate it to something that will apply in your real life that will be meaningful to you. I want to throw out a disclaimer first. I grew up the daughter of a tree surgeon. My dad had his own business and he took care of trees and it was fun to talk about that with other people as most people think of surgery as only something that belongs in the hospital. And children tend to think it's funny when they think about the idea of performing surgery on trees. So it was one of the things that I liked in explaining to people when I was little what my dad did. Now for the daughter of an arborist or tree surgeon, I really don't have very much of a green thumb. I'm not really sure what color it is, but it's definitely not very green. I am someone that will go to the store and tend to purchase fake plants to add to the decorative touch in my environment. But if I add live plants, I have been known to not do very well with them. But that is what we are going to be talking about today, establishing and maintaining the best type of environment to keep plants alive and healthy. And I want you to picture a big greenhouse with a variety of all different types of plants, all in one space. Usually they are very bright with glass ceiling and walls to let in a lot of sunlight. They tend to be very warm and humid. All of that moisture in the air helps them maintain that perfect state for the plant to be able to keep that moisture balance that it needs to grow. There is watering involved, fertilizing, and observing and assessing on the part of the gardener who is taking care of the plants. Now, the one that I used to visit when I was little actually was right down the street from me. So I would walk there and they actually had a live alligator that lived there. So it was really fun to visit. Now let's talk about that observation that the gardener does. The gardener will observe and then analyze that raw data of how the plant looks so that he or she will know what kind of special care is needed to help a plant that is not thriving. That special care might involve extra watering or less watering, a different type of plant food, sometimes even pruning or repotting or splitting the plant into separate pots. And then observation starts again to track progress. I want you to think about what is on the gardener's mind. Let's pretend that you are the gardener. You are the big boss. You're the person in charge. This is your greenhouse. Whether you run it, you own it, or whatever scenario you want to picture, it is your responsibility to make sure that you provide the best environment for all of the plants to thrive. 
as much as they are individually able to. I want you to think about what your job duties would be. Now, while you are responsible for each individual plant, you might have one little plant sometimes that doesn't thrive and doesn't grow. So part of your responsibilities might be to give that little plant extra attention, extra effort. You might come up with a plan for that plant, different procedures that you follow. Sometimes those will work and that plant might transition back to the same procedures that you follow for all of the other plants. Sometimes you might continue with something a little special for that plant. Sometimes you might have to think out of the box to come up with new strategies when what you are trying does not work. Maybe you're talking or singing to that plant. And of course, there might be times when you've used up all of the strategies that you can think of with one plant and it doesn't work. You might have to go to other resources and ask for help from others who have expertise in a particular area that you do not. But you do that because you will have to turn back to the rest of your responsibilities, to all of the other plants and the maintenance of the environment as a whole. If you continued to direct all of your focus towards that one plant that is struggling or failing, you would be hurting the greenhouse as a whole as a result of your lack of attention to all of the other responsibilities. So can you picture right now being in the gardener's shoes and what your day-to-day life would look like? What kinds of things you are doing each day to maintain the safety and the cleanliness of the environment? You're making sure that the structure of the greenhouse is good. Maintaining the humidity, the temperature levels, the daily tasks of watering and feeding. You're making sure that you have plenty of supplies and ordering new ones as needed. You're providing some kind of security or policies to make sure that the guests or visitors or clients that are coming in are not doing any harm to the plants. Okay, so it's time to look at this as an analogy. And we're going to talk about someone who is in a leadership position. So, of course, the gardener is the leader. Now, I'm going to use the example of the childcare industry because that's where I work. So, the gardener would be the director or administrator of a childcare center. But if you are not in that industry, The leader could be the principal of a school, the CEO of a company, or the head of any organization or group. So I want you to pick the one that most applies to you. And the plants in this analogy, of course, in this scenario, are the children or the members of the group or organization that you are picturing. So the director of a child care center is responsible for the environment that those children grow in while they are at school. Now, of course, the difference for a child care center is that the children or those plants will come in and out every day. They are in a different environment at home. 
And that is an environment that the director or gardener has no control over. And that environment affects the plant. But the plant also comes back to the school environment every day for 8 to 10 hours. And that is the environment that the director does have control over. Now, of course, there's a little piece in this analogy about being helpful to understand what that home environment is like that the child goes to every night. Sometimes we know. Sometimes we really don't know. But no matter how much we know a child or the family environment or how much we know about that plant, once it leaves the greenhouse, we still do not have any control over it. What we do have control over is what they come back to consistently every day. I also want to talk about something else that has a big role in this analogy, and those are the roots. So I want you to be aware that those roots exist, and let's talk about them. In this scenario, the gardener is not actually the one who planted all of those plants in the greenhouse. They are not really all of his babies, so to speak. The plants all come to the gardener with their roots already established and beginning to grow above the surface. His or her job is to take it from there. So different plants that come in have different root structures. Some are big and long and complex and strong to support that little plant. Some may have been strong enough to get that plant to sprout from the seed above the surface of the dirt, but that's about it. In those plants, the roots may be weaker and shorter and thinner and not as complex. So I am thinking in this analogy, and you may have another idea of what you think the roots represent, but the way that I am thinking about it, the roots are the child's past and home environment and how they started out. The little seed opens up and out come the roots first. The dirt is the environment of the family. Some environments are healthy and full of nutrients that are needed to grow that plant in the best way. Those may be things like healthy food, secure and safe shelter, loving adults, strong connections, calm environment, lots of verbal interactions, in books and smiles and eye contact. Other plants begin their life in less than optimal environments. Their soil might be made up of homelessness, poor nutrition, stressful or abusive environments, anger, a low amount of connection, fewer resources. That soil was not the best, but the seeds still managed to push a plant through it. The roots are not as strong, so the plant is more vulnerable to challenges and to failing if it comes up against a poor environment up on top above the ground. That is how some of the children come to us when they come to the childcare environment. Okay, so let's bring it back to being a leader of the environment. I know that I talked about my dad being a tree surgeon. However, it is not the gardener's job here 
when the leader of a child care center wants to work with a plant with a poor root system, they are not going to go into the roots and perform surgery on them. They're not going to tamper with the root system. They're not going to stick their fingers in, poke and prod, and examine those roots. They may have communication with a family to get the general idea of what that root system might look like. It helps to know if it's strong or poor. It's also helpful to provide resources to families so that they might go and do the work of improving the soil condition. But the role of the leader is to focus on the air environment. That is their responsibility. They do give the plants water. And what happens to that water? Whatever is given during the day does make its way down to the roots. Whatever environment a child is in during the day, those connections that they have with teachers, the concepts that they are taught, those social-emotional skills that they practice with their peers, all of those skills that they learn and practice, all of those things make their way down to the roots to make them stronger. They do bring things home with them. So thinking of this analogy as a whole, let's talk about the points that are most helpful for takeaways. Children that come to us with struggles and trauma, and even from backgrounds that we do not have a lot of information on, they most likely have the poorer root systems than children that come from very stable environments and plenty of resources. It is helpful for us to know this. We will use our skills of observation to devise a plan to create the best conditions for those plants so that they can thrive in a quality environment that we create for all of the children in our center. Some of those things that we create are strong social-emotional programs, high-quality materials, books, toys, activities, caring teachers that know how to connect with the children, a good assessment system that directs what teachers will plan, and individualized plans for the children who need more support. One other thing that we will include is family engagement. The environment of the soil and the environment of the air represent the two environments that children spend most of their time in. Yes, they do spend some time in community environments, just as the plants are exposed to other air environments as they travel back and forth from the greenhouse to their home environment every night. But for the most part, those are the two environments that they are mostly exposed to. I would love for one of the takeaways from this podcast of what a leader's main focus is. It is on running the childcare center or the organization and providing high quality environment for the children or for all of its members. Being an administrator of a childcare center can be a stressful, taxing job. There are a lot of day to day duties that they perform. 
I have also seen times when administrators or directors, whichever term you are used to, let that focus stray to what is happening beneath the surface enough that it affects their focus as to what is happening in their own environment. So let one of my last thoughts that I share with you be to let you unshoulder some of that responsibility. You do not need to know every little twist and turn in a child's root system. You do not need to take on that responsibility of controlling the soil environment. It is not your responsibility as a gardener. That is the family's responsibility. Just know that every little thing that you do to make the air quality high, sunlight and the moisture and the watering and the feeding, everything that you do during the day, all of the love and kindness and structure that you provide to the children all day long, those things do go down to the roots. They do help those roots to grow long and thick and strong so that when the child goes home to that other environment in the soil, they have more knowledge and skills to be able to navigate that home environment with. So do not take your eyes off of the focus of being the leader of your environment. It is your responsibility and your privilege to be able to control that part of a child's life. And there is plenty of help and support around for you when you need it. Do not be afraid to ask for help. Many others have or have had those same responsibilities, and it is a privilege for them to be able to reach out a hand to help you. I hope that this analogy helped you in some way, even if you are not in the childcare industry. I am hoping that you might have a situation of your own that you can apply it to. Have a great week, my friends. See you next time.